welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Tanika, and today we are going to be discussing 90 Day OG. But before we do, I have some hot goss, as well as have a couple of informational tweets from the 90 Day official Twitter account. But Let's go through the hot goss first. So, Love is Blind related. Chelsea has confirmed with her following on whatever social media platform that she has started attending therapy after filming this show. Now, It does seem quite interesting that she would have started it after filming, not since watching the show back. So it makes me wonder one of two things. Either A, they couldn't, you know, they kind of say, especially with, you know, this being created by the same creators of Married at First Sight, you know, maybe you guys should do therapy after getting married. Or the other option could be that Maybe things don't turn out the way she wants it to. And she needed to go to therapy. So so she said that she's absolutely sought a mental health therapist and added that people who worked behind the scenes on Love is Blind helped her find a practitioner and pay for the cost of the treatment. Ding, ding, ding. So she said, quote, I've never seeked a therapist before, but man, oh man, I feel everyone could benefit from having an unbiased opinion. No shit. So she also said that prior to her experience on the Netflix dating show, she didn't think she needed a therapist. Girl. But she has since changed her mind. You don't say. She said, quote, I had a ton of inner issues and um, I needed to debunk. And And my life, my mindset, my heart has completely changed. I thought I loved myself before, but I have never felt this kind of love. So that's really good. I, I mean, jokes aside, I am happy she is doing what she needs to do to benefit her mental health. So kudos to her. Um, I wish she had done it before going on this show. But anyways, that's that. The next piece of hot goss, Mary Brown from Sister Wives. And her new boyfriend, who she just started dating a few months ago, have separated. <laughs> they broke up. So she said just over a month after the Sister Wife star went public with her relationship with her ex-boyfriend now, um, she recently called a good-looking guy. She'd been dating him since October, which I believe we mentioned in a previous episode. Um... She had mentioned that on a, uh, back in October in an Instagram post on her birthday. That's when she revealed that her relationship um, has now ended. So she shared the news on Instagram on Saturday as she reflected on the hard truths and difficult conversations she had to have last week. She said, quote, life is a series of experiences. How you handle them and what you learn from them is who you become from them. It takes courage to face difficult truths, yet it's imperative in order to remain authentic to yourself and your commitment to personal growth. She continues on by saying, just because I care a lot about someone and him me, 
does not equate to full compatibility for a long-term relationship. Ma'am. A what? <laughs> I'm sorry. That was that was funny. Um nonetheless, let's continue with our quote. When we have different dreams and aspirations, different communication styles and values, different vis- visions for our future, and these things aren't aligning, it's then that we need to make hard decisions. Uh, again, ma'am. Anyway, let's continue. She says, it's strange and sad. It's a strange and sad thing to care about someone so deeply, to look beyond their past, because heaven knows we all have one, to see the kindness in their eyes and their giving heart and still know that a lifelong relationship isn't in the cards for you. Addressing her relationship with her ex now directly, Brown wrote, I honor and care about the past four months, who I spent it with, and what I learned about myself through it. I know what's important to me in a relationship, and I'm confident in myself while I'm single as well. So Mary went on to add that she's choosing to look into my future with the hope of new opportunities in the wake of the separation. She said, quote, This is a time in my life to prioritize me, my well-being, and my personal evolution, and I look forward to more adventures and experiences on this journey we call life. So, beautifully said. Anyway, that is it for that, but I do have one more piece, and this is 90 Day Related. So I'm sure a lot of us have kind of heard a little bit of the rumblings of this, but apparently Michael from Michael and Angela has gone missing after just moving to America with Angela two months. He's been in here two months. Okay. Not only is there a $10,000 reward for his return what the fuck? But Angela's attempts to contact his family in Nigeria have also gone unsuccessful. Okay. So, um, she says, Michael's been missing since the 23rd of, I guess, February, right? The police are involved. We can't find him. And she said this in a TikTok video on Monday, February 26th, um, noting that her home security cameras didn't actually pick up his departure. Okay. Now, Michael left everything here, she says. I know that there's people probably thinking, oh, maybe he just left, but like nothing, not any ID, nothing to show his name on it, no clothing, not a toothbrush, 0.00, no wallet, nothing. Clothes on his back is what he left with on Friday. And this is what she was telling um, John Yates and viewers that he only had like $40 on him. So she continues on by saying Michael had just gotten here during Christmas time. The exact date of his arrival was December 22nd, 2023. So she says, if we, if he left on his own, he should have called me. Everybody in this town, I'm going to tell you, they say, Angela, he's fucking walked out because he's got no reason to stay here. I don't want to believe that, she says, which I totally understand that she wouldn't necessarily want to believe that he literally fucked with her let's be real here but she does actually tell john yates that michael actually has family in idaho that is a piece of information we never knew anyway 
She then seemingly questioned their relationship and if she got played once he got to America and disappeared from her rural home in South Georgia, Hazelhurst, if y'all know. So she goes on to say, but oh, this this is this is some shit. This is Angel coming out. She says, but it's looking like he's planned this the whole fucking time. This is not funny. This is real shit. I'm not Chantel. I'm not Danielle. I'm not Molly. I thought she was friends with Molly. Anyway, you've got the wrong goddamn American. Because, yeah. Um, so she continues saying that, naming other popular 90 Day Fiance franchise stars, adding, I'm telling you now, I'm not going to let you fucking come here if you didn't love me. She says, he's my husband and I love him and I don't know where he's at. As long as he's safe, just call us. The police are involved. This is beyond what the fuck is going on. You got my four grandkids crying that something's wrong with you. This is, oh my God, this is so good. This is not Karini and Paul. What? I don't understand the reference with this. Oh wait, I do. I do understand the reference. (laughs) Yeah, Mantle, you're talking John Yates. He was involved in the whole like Karini and Paul situation. I'm crying. I'm fucking crying. Okay. All right. Um <laughs> Okay. <clears throat> what do I say to these people? Because I don't have no answers. We know he's done. <laughs> We know he's deceitful, but I don't think he would go this far and not call at least my daughter. Why would he call her? Why would he call Skyla? Why why would he call her? And Skyla hates him. I don't get it. Okay. I mean, if y'all watch 90 Day Diaries, Skyla didn't want her to leave. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's continue. Okay. So... Angela turned her attention to fan questions about contacting immigration, telling viewers of her dick, of her TikTok that she and John are not allowed to answer any of their concerns. You'll just have to use your common sense, she noted, of the immigration inquiries. If Michael is really missing and doesn't contact us, immigration can take over. That's all I can tell you. Oh, God. This is so good. Um, so here's the thing. One of two things happen. Either A, she killed him. <laughs> Because, like, the thing, too, is, is about laughing that he'd be dead. But I'm just saying, like, she probably, like, killed him. Because, like, she says there's no, like, proof that he left. So, the, the, the call is coming from inside the house in that situation. Second thing, he got, he's like, all right, I'm here. I'm done. I'm going to go. I got family in Idaho, and this bitch can't give me kids because I want to have kids. So I'm gonna dip. And he played her. He would have played a, a Muhammad from Muhammad and um, what was her name? Not Danielle. Uh, the other one. Um, I can't remember her name, guys. It's not coming to me. But that one, the one from um, Arizona. And he like dipped, right? <laughs> like it's literally kind of would have been the same idea. Um, ma'am, he played you. It was 100. He played you. But the main thing is, um, the the other option, option three, and this is a lot darker. So let me take the laugh out of my voice. He's living in Georgia, y'all. 
He is a Black African man in Georgia. And this is not like Atlanta, right? Where there is a huge population of Black people. He's a fucking Hazelhurst. I can't imagine that there is, it's very safe for an African man, any probably man of color or any person of color. I'm sure that's just not something you see very often. Now, Angela does have biracial children, um, grandchildren. So clearly, you know, there are black people, but it's probably not. This is a black person who's not American. I think that's the biggest thing. So my thoughts go to the dark place of someone could have hurt him. Now, the only thing with that is I don't think like someone would have kidnapped him and then like whatever. I think personally, this could have been a situation where if that is the case, like he would have probably been killed on the spot and that or her on the spot, but that you're, he would have, you would find him. He, he wouldn't be hiding. You would most likely find him at some point. Um, because no one's going to take the time, I think, to really hide him. You know what I mean? Like I'm going, I'm going to your crime place here. So I I really think like if that is the case, like that's really dark. But I actually do not think that is the case. I think the case is he probably took off. He probably had this plan the entire time. Um, but now I'm real interested in what's gonna be happening on the AGA. Like, I mean, we're not gonna be really covering them every single episode, but I mean I will touch on them you know, throughout. But yeah, I just um I hope he's safe. I really do. I hope he's okay. Um, I hate that, you know, she, I hate the fact that she's worrying about him, especially if he is faking this whole thing and he just used this opportunity to get to the States. It's really shitty of him. I feel for the fact that she says that her grandkids are really worrying about him as well. That's shitty. That's not okay. Um, he needs to tell somebody where he is. He needs to be honest and say, here's where I'm at. Or if you don't want to say where you're at, that's fine. But to say like, I'm fine. I'm great. Um, I just need in a minute, uh, whatever. I don't know. But he just needs to say something because this is pretty fucked up. But I'll, and then, you know what? There is an option B. There, there's, there's a whole option besides all of this. Maybe she is in on something with John Yates and is pulling the Paul and Karini thing. I that is possible. We don't know that, but I highly doubt, especially because they are going to be on AGA. We just saw them on 90 Day Diaries. She doesn't need this kind of publicity. Karini and Paul, however, do because they're not a part of the franchise at all. But Angela still is very much a part of this franchise. And so is Michael. So I just don't see that being the case here, but it's definitely an option. So that was great, guys. All right, let's move on to the um, informational stuff. Okay, so first tweet. Clayton not only learned a dance number for Anna Lee, he also arranged for a human-sized costumed guinea pig to join them on the dance floor, too. Why the fuck didn't I see this? Why wasn't this available? Who dropped the ball? Like, honestly, because you did bad. I want to see this guinea pig costumed man you know drop the ball not even cool anyway next one nearly all of ashley's friends and family thought the impending storm was a perfect representation of ashley and manuel's fiery relationship that's that that's a good one that that's a good one 
Um, but that's it for that. I still have to post the tweets, but they should be posted by the time you get this episode anyways. But everything, all the other tweets that I have will be on social media as well. But we have been talking now for 17 minutes. So let's hop into the reason that we are here. 90 Day OG Season 10, Episode 18, Happily Ever Afters. I hate this title because that just kind of shows where we're headed to in just two weeks. So first, since that was a perfect segue into Ashley and Manuel, so let's get into that first. So Manuel's getting his hair cut. We're three hours away from the wedding. And he says, uh, actually, it was one of the hairdressers, you know, kind of talking about the wedding and saying, like, how Ashley's been freaking out because it's supposed to rain. And one of the hairdressers was like, you know, it's more exciting under the rain. Really, is it more exciting in a tropical storm? Because I would not find that at all fucking exciting. I just wouldn't. You know, if it's kind of like a rain, except even the rain with, like, Alejandro and Katie was still, like, pretty. It was a huge-ass downpour. I don't want, I want to, like, sprinkle. You know, that's a, f- a light sprinkle is fine, but a fucking tropical storm, not fine, not fine at all. But anyways, back with Ashley, she's getting her hair done. It's kind of getting things like kind of those pretty things put in the, um, in her, uh, locks. And, um, yeah, so that's what she's doing. What's her face is helping. Alicia's helping. And she's like, you know, what if we do move the venue? And it's just a sprinkle. What if it starts and then stops? Like, what if it starts at like four thirty, stops at five or something? I don't know. That's 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 a small window. Okay, let's try again. What if it starts at like three o'clock and it ends at like five o'clock and then it's, their wedding's at five thirty and then doesn't start back again until seven? You know, what if that happens? Right? But you know what? We're going to determine how things are going to go by doing what? Tarot card reading. That's what we're going to do. So we're going to do that. And she first pulls the five of cups upside down. No use crying over spilled milk, she says. Then she also pulls the lovers, but she said some mumbo jumbo about her and Manuel and that that's not my wheelhouse. And then she also says she pulled the queen of uh something. I can't read my handwriting, guys. I'm so sorry. Um, but that's also upside down. And she says, you know what? She is. She's a spicy bitch. This this queen of whatever the fuck. I can't read. She says she's a spicy bitch. She's full of chaos. And she's like, well, we're going to get married in chaos. Right? That's what we're going to do. And she says, like, I'm not sure if the cards are reading, like, my energy or if they're reading the fact that it's supposed to rain today. And I'm going to say, you know what, ma'am? I think it's reading your energy. Isn't that how tarot works? I mean, I don't know. Again completely out of my wheelhouse anyway she is getting like ready to get her makeup done very soon manuel walks in after getting his hair cut and alicia's like do you want to look at you yeah do you do you want to see you and she's like don't look at me i am beautiful okay she doesn't want to look she doesn't want him to look at her because she's like listen we are dealing with a lot of shit i usually don't believe in the whole like you know superstition of not seeing each other before the wedding she doesn't believe in that shit but she's like you know what we're dealing with a lot of bad luck right now and you know 
one of those things being, hello, tropical storm. So maybe we should just stay in our lanes. You know, she just feels a little better if they did that. So don't look at me, she says. Um, now her mom is here and mom's like, you're shaking. What's going on? And she's like, yes, caffeine. You know, she's like on 10 cups of caffeine right now, like a coffee of some sort. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, like caffeine. I mean, Jesus. Anyway, if she were to get pregnant, her weaning off process off, off of caffeine, which obviously you can't do, you can't just do cold turkey, you'll study your body, but her weaning off process of that is going to be insane. I mean, my goodness. Anyway, so Manuel is stressed and he's going to head to the venue first. Ashley's now getting into her dress and you know, everyone's starting to get emotional when she has a dress on, she has a crown on, veils on, everything's good to go, and everyone's getting emotional. Um, she says that her sister's actually crying, and she usually is not a crier. And then she goes up to her mom, and she, the, the ugly crying is setting in, okay? It's her set in. And her mom's like, well, why are you crying? And she's like, ah, ah, mom, do I look pretty? Do I look pretty? And she's like, yes, you look, you look beautiful like if you have to fish for compliments like my god um i didn't particularly i didn't like the dress before myself dress before i i don't particularly like it but whatever that's just me um so yeah she's pretty moving on so we're on the way to the venue her sister's husband samuel is driving okay and we're hearing the thunder the thunder is a rolling and Mom is like, Lord, help her to be calm because we need all the help we're going to need in this moment. We need, we need the witches. We need the tarot. We need the crystals. We need it all. We need her to stay calm. But you know what? The forces, you know, even, you know, you know, that's why we need like the Easter bunny involved. We need Santa Claus involved. We need, we need everything involved. Everything involved. Okay, even if they're real or not real, tooth fairy, everything, bring them in. And because this wasn't enough, the energies of these higher beings was not enough. You want to know why? For those who didn't watch the episode, because in sets the ugly cry. And the ugly cry, she's like, oh my God, oh my God, I didn't want to cry, I didn't want to cry, I'm ugly crying. And her mom's like, wait a minute. That's not Samuel. <laughs> Why would he be freaking out? Why is he freaking out? My mom thought it was Samuel the entire time. And she's like, look, it's you, Ashley. You're the one that's crying. And she's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And she's just freaking. First of all, um, two things. Thing number one, and I said this from when she was picking Manuel up from the airport in the first whatever episode it was. And I thought, this is some fake ass shit. I'm pretty over this. I'm hoping this dies down, but something tells me it's not going to. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, what the hell? Like, it doesn't feel real to me when she does it. And I don't particularly appreciate someone claiming they're having a panic attack when that's not a panic attack. I'm sorry. It's just not your, I have seen panic attacks happen. My mother has panic attacks. I've seen panic attacks in, in, in action. That's not a fucking panic attack. So, but anyways, that, that's, that's number two. 
her family is so sick, sick of her shit. And when they're not sick of her shit, they are tired of her shit. They are sick and tired. Wanda Sykes, monster-in-law. If you didn't know, now you know. So they're just tired of it. They're just like, her versus Sienna's a high school big and wide. She's like, oh my God. And her mom's like, okay, okay, calm, calm down, calm down. It's okay, calm down. And I think it was Sienna who's holding her hand and they hold my hand like ground yourself and it's just like she's because she's freaking out because she's like the closer they get to the venue the darker the skies are and whatever and i'm just like you know you're heading into a tropical storm right this if if hurricanes were a movie right kind of like you know tornadoes you would be was it helen hunt yeah, Helen Hunt. You'd be Helen Hunt and and Bill Pacton or Pac not Pacton, sorry. No, Pacton, isn't that right? Sorry, guys. I can't remember his name right now. Bill Paxton. There we go, Paxton. Um but still doesn't feel oh, I'm getting confused with Oswald. That's why. Okay, anyway. You 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 this will be you, okay? Heading into the storm. Because who the fuck does that? White people. Sorry. But anyways, my favorite movie. Not my favorite movies. Anyway, moving on. But you know this already. You're still doing it because you have to wait till the last second. It's 89 days of his visa. You have no choice. You got to do it today. And, but it hasn't actually happened. All you're hearing is thunder. Skies are dark. It's not actually raining yet. It doesn't actually start raining until they get to the venue. I mean, I mean, I I mean, I'm only 32 years old and I've only experienced so many thunderstorms in my life, which is a lot. Usually the thunder and the lightning happens a little time before the rain starts. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Now, of course, the winds are kind of bullshit here, but you're going to be fine. Get through the shit as quickly as possible. Ceremonies only usually last about 10, 15 minutes. Get through the shit, skip the objections, and get on. Anyways, anyway, she's she's calming down, whatever. She's not ugly crying anymore. I think Alicia at one point says, do your breathing work. <laughs> this is insanity. Um, so she, this was a great fucking line. She says, and I'm not going to say what exactly she says because she says it differently, but mother nature will work how, um, it does. You know what? I'm a part of mother nature and I'm going to work the way I work. And I'm like, get it, girl. Okay, so that's great. So that's what she's gonna do. So her dad is here. We've never met him before, and um, the uh, the winds we're kind of noticing are starting to pick up a little bit. The rain is starting to come on down now, and the officials like get the fuck over here. It's getting really bad. Do you not see the fucking rain? Do you not hear the fucking thunder? Y'all just hanging on back at the fuck over here. Let's go, vamos. Let's do this shit. And anyways, he seems very nice. I'm sure he wasn't actually cussing at them, but I'm just saying, he's like, let's go, let's go. <laughs> so anyways, she um comes on down the the uh, aisle, sand, path, whatever. She's coming on down. I didn't like the fact that she was wearing the veil over her face. I feel like that's so traditional to the point where it's just 
it has this to me has this negative connotation where it's like oh you know the quote-unquote virgin is you know has to put the veil over her face because you know god and all of this shit right and then you know once you're married then you take the veil over your face and then then you know it gives me purity culture so i'm just like i i don't particularly like that i think that's such a dated thing to do like I, I haven't seen a lot of weddings actually do the veil over the face it's it's something you don't see very often so i was actually very surprised that she did that because that's not really her so but anyways she does the veil over the face didn't like it whatever um but you know to each their own and they do their vows um I think I think the Christian said, "Let's bless this mess." No, he actually didn't say "bless this mess." He said, "Let's bless this," because the, the clouds are getting really dark and it's starting to rain. Um, so yeah, he's like, "Let's bless this fucking mess." Let's get on with this shit. And anyway, they do their vows. Like I said, um, you know, obviously he does his vows in Spanish. She does her, her vows in both English and Spanish for obviously him to understand and for obviously her, the the people here to understand. Um, because not everyone under obviously understands English and, uh, um, Spanish, sorry. And uh, I love that the officiant was, was Spanish speaking as well. And, um, which is, I would imagine it's actually not too hard to find in Florida, uh, depending on where in Florida you are. Um, and there, where were they? Were they in Palm Beach? I'm not sure where they were, but, um, but anyway, they, um, that 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 that's it though. They did their vows. They're now married, and that's that's that. And it's funny too because they're in the in the moment they're kind of talking about like they're married now. Yay, they're married forever. Is what Ashley's saying. And he's like, "Oh, this is a twenty year contract. It's not forever." And she's like, "I'm trying to be romantic with you, and you just had to go fuck it up." But I'm like, I love him. And guess what, guys? We're getting a little more of him because they are going to be unhappily ever after. And I will be posting the, there's another couple that I'm sure a lot of us probably already know, but there is another couple that are also going to be on HEA. We finally have the full cast of them now. Um, So I will be posting both Ashley Manuel and the other couple um, on our socials as well. But um, I want to wait to tell you who that person is until we get to them. So that is it for Ashley and Manuel. Let's go to the mess that is Nikki and Justin Igor. I hate that I have two pages of them just because I want to get down the on-screen text and the text messages and all of that, but let's get into this shit. So Nikki is getting ready to do an interview. She's been back from Moldova and then all of a sudden we're just here going, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, how can you do this to me? Like, she's just freaking out. And she's crying, and she's like, how could he do that, blah, blah, blah. And then we get the on-screen text. So it's that two weeks after Nikki returned from Moldova, she arrived to do an interview. While there, she received a text message from Justin Igor, and then we're back to her and she's crying. She doesn't understand. She's like, I know I can be a bitch sometimes, but like I've dealt with so much from him and all of this. And yeah. And then we just hear like one of the producers being like, Greg, can we please get a tissue box? Can we get a tissue box? She's she's really leaking. Can we get a tissue box? Let's go. Let's do this now. So 
Yeah, we get our tissue backs and then we get more on screen text. And they say, producer asks Nikki if she wanted to leave. She said she wanted to tell her side of the story. So she's sticking on through this. So they get ready. They do the, the, the thing. They do the marker. And then they, and producer asks the question, so what is going on? So she says they got into a huge fight about a week ago. So a week after coming back from Moldova, anyways. And they haven't really talked since. She said this is kind of normal for them where they will talk or sorry, get into an argument, really bad argument, not talk for like a week or so, but they don't break up. They're usually fine afterwards. I'm like, that's not fucking healthy. Like you shouldn't be getting into arguments to that extent where you're actually not talking to the person for a week. Like that's pretty serious. Like for me, if I get into an argument with my boyfriend, like to an extent where it's actually like we don't fight a lot, but when we do, like it, you know, we we we'll have arguments or whatever. We might not talk for a day. Maybe I'll push it to two, but I can't go a week without talking to the person who I claim to love. That's actually pretty impossible to me. I love him. I need to be like I need to talk to him, and he can't do that either. You know, even if it's me that's the one that's that's mad at him, he will reach out if I don't talk. Like because I'm upset. I just don't understand how you do that. And you do that constantly. Like it just, I don't understand any of that. But anyways, she says that, um, so yeah, they got into this argument, whatever. It's bad, whatever. So the reason that they got into this argument is she, it's, it's about money. Ultimately it is money. I mean, money is the thing that breaks up relationships right? So she says, which is absolutely no surprise here, that he doesn't work. She's been supporting him throughout all of this. His car apparently broke down and he obviously needs the money to do the repairs for the car and she's the one that's sending the money. And she's been doing a lot of Western Union transfers over to him in order to help him with this. Now, she is starting to wonder if this is him using her. Now, I'm going to say something. It just came to my to me now as I'm talking about it. I had the same thing happen to me. Now that was someone who was overseas, someone who lived here. But an ex that I had back, I started dating him when I was 17. We dated up until I don't know, like 2021, 20, off and on. And that was his trope. That's what he would do. Once he had a vehicle, because when I first met him, he didn't have a car. But once he did eventually have a car, that was his that was his way of trying to get money out of me. Oh, my car broke down. I need a car. I need I need money to fix the car. Oh, I don't have insurance on the car or whatever. Or my friend, he would even do that. My friend's car broke down. They don't have insurance on the car. They they need money. Oh, how much do they need? Oh, like 60 bucks. Who the fuck needs 60 bucks to fix a car? Ain't no car out here only needed $60 for it to be fixed. That's gas money, not a repair. You know what I mean? But that's the kind of shit that would happen. So it is very possible that he could be using her, but it's also on the other side of it where maybe he isn't using her. We don't, we don't really know, right? We're not going to know. But yeah, she kind of says that maybe because she didn't squash this because she probably went to zero to 200, not a hundred, not 60, 200. She went from zero to 200 and she probably freaked out and her Nikki way. And he probably lost the shit, right? And because she's like, maybe because I didn't squash it or didn't end it or whatever, that he is now like, right, 
you know, not talking or no doesn't no longer wants to be with her. Maybe he waited this week to see if maybe she would talk to him and she didn't and whatever. And he's like, well, fuck this shit. Like, you're the one who's on the wrong. You're accusing me of using you and all of this shit. Like, he's done, right? So that's what she she said. So then she reads the text message from him. Now, I'm going to leave my reserve my thoughts of this text message until the end because um it uh it's interesting but let's get into it so it says hello i want to discuss something very important with you and i ask you take it um seriously given all the circumstances i have come to a hard conclusion that our relationship cannot continue. I compromised and I sacrificed. My own interests shocked my parents and everyone around me, including my status and my dignity. Your fucking dignity? Let's get to it. Let's, let's continue. However, continuing in this manner is no longer possible. For me, I realize I need to take, I need to take something that I can't read right now, but anyway, I need to take blank. Um, oh, sorry, got it. I need to take control of my life to rectify the situation. May you find a path to a worthy life filled with love and mutual attachment. Farewell, and I wish you all the best and seen. So, here's the thing. Number one, dignity. You sacrificed your fucking dignity. So that's basically a hit on her being a transgender woman. So fuck you. No one told you. Okay? Number two. Did he put this through a chat GPT? Because there's no fucking way in hell this man actually wrote this, first of all, a so precisely in English. His English is not great. So I uh, he must have put this through chat GBT. And not only that, not only the fact that the English is so perfect, it's also the fact that it's so fucking cold and detached of any real emotion or any like anything having to do with their relationship besides the fact that I had told my parents, I told people around me, sacrificing my dignity and all this shit. It's just, it feels like ChatGPT, he literally said breakup text in ChatGPT. Like, that's literally what he did. But then not only that, to go off on the fact that the breakup happened over text, you're engaged to this woman. You've known her roughly 17 years, give or take. And you're breaking up with her over a text message two weeks after she's just landed back home from being with you like are you actually fucking with me right now you can't pick up the phone at the very least to do it over the phone or you can't say listen can we do a video chat or something at least you're face to face you can't do something a lot fucking better than what you fucking did. That is so disrespectful. Now, that's if I believe any of the shit. Because, <laughs> I mean, and the Oscar goes to Nikki and Justin Igor for the worst, the fakest breakup 
Like, honestly, this is so weird. On a, and on the one hand, I want to believe her because the emotion is so real for her in the moment. But then I also have to remind myself, she has been on reality TV in one space or another, whether it's botched or I think she was on a housewife show or of an, as an extra or something. I don't know. But like, she's been on a lot of TV. And I can actually believe that Justin Eagle would not call her on a video call, especially if he knows she's in an, doing an interview. And that's the thing too. I'm going to say that too. I got another theory, but I also think he wouldn't do that because he's not a great actor. He's not a great actor. Nikki is to some extent. And then the other thing, it seems pretty convenient that the text message came when she's about to go into an interview for an IA fiance. And he probably knew that that was the case. Now, did she write this breakup text with him? Did she pre-program this text to come through? I don't know. Well, I will never know. But there's definitely some convenience happen happening with this whole breakup situation. Anyway, after the dramatic read, she says, that's it. She's being all broken right now. Um... You know, she didn't think this was going to happen. How is she going to get over this? You know, she says she would rather have this conversation in person. That's uh, that's agreeable. She said, doesn't she deserve that even? You know, she says she even like texts him, begging him to take her back and to forgive her. And she says she'll she'll respect him now. I'm like, ill. But he, she said, yeah, he just he just ignored me. He just ignored me. He didn't, he didn't respond. And that's the thing. That's the part of it that I don't understand. We have all had breakups. We've all done with breakups. We've, we've all done it. We've all been through it. Whether you are the one the breaking up, you're the one doing the breaking up, or you're the one receiving the breakup, whatever the fuck. We've all been through this. And it's pretty fucking cool that a person could literally just send the text like that and then just no more. Cut off. I'm done. You no longer assist. I don't get that. That doesn't make any sense to me. Because I've never been through that. Even if I'm the one breaking up or if I'm being broken up with, whatever. It just it just doesn't make sense to me. How does one do that? So she says at this point, I can't do anymore. Um, They're going to get her stuff together for her. She's like, oh, I got the sweater. His mom got me the sweater. <laughs> She's done. But what I really did love in this moment, which makes me even more angry, this is all fake, but I'm not going to, the producer's going to have an idea of, honestly, I feel like they do know if something is fake, come on. But anyway, so the producer goes to her and he hugs her and he tells her, you're going to be okay. I thought that was sweet. That was, that was sweet. You know? Anyway. So the next scene, we're just going to go through this really quickly. I'm not going to go through this too much, but... Nikki is crying in bed. Her mom is here because Nikki called her the night before saying he broke up with me over text message. So she goes into a room. Nikki's crying in bed, covering her face, whatever. Her mom's like, we need to get some light in here. She's, she's like, no, 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 no. I'm a vampire. Don't bring the light in. Anyways, everything the light touches. <laughs> But anyways, she, um, her mom's like, you know, he, so he broke up a few over text. That's gold. That is, that is gold. Yeah. And she's like, no matter what, she says that 
you know, he just won't budge. No matter what she does, what she says, he just won't budge. And that's just goes to show, like, he doesn't give a shit. And she said, this is the part for me that I'm like, are you dumb? Is your attorney dumb? Like, where did he get his, his freaking license? Like, from lawyers are us like what the hell because she said she spoke to her attorney and her attorney attorney told her to not cancel the visa because you know sometimes people can just change their minds and i said okay and even if he does change his mind guess what fuck you because you're not coming on my dime because how do i not know you're just not gonna leave me when times get tough no fuck that shit no absolutely not fuck that end it just end it um but she's like you know, I have so much invested, you know, hard to throw away 17 years. You weren't with him for the full 27, uh, 17 years. Like, come on. Um, and she, uh, she's like, but I don't really feel like maybe he loved me. No, he didn't love you. He probably doesn't know what the fucking love is, especially when he first met you when he was, what, 18? Of course he didn't fucking know, like, love you. You're just a hot piece of an ass. Bleh. Sorry, guys. You're just a hot piece of ass. And then you freaking, <laughs> when he did go, when it was real, when we didn't have the show, you, you traumatized him. So, um, yeah, no, I don't think he does love you. Maybe he did once upon a time, but I don't think that's the case now. And honestly, I don't think you love him. I just think he's convenient for you for whatever reason that may be. But anyway. Mom was like, this is upsetting. And he's like, he's going to get a text message from me. Why? Why? Nikki's 47 years old. She doesn't need mommy to come and send a text message to her boyfriend like, you broke my daughter's heart. Go fuck yourself. Like, no, she does, he doesn't need to, he doesn't need, you don't need to do that. If my mom said that kind of shit to me, I'm like, um, no, you're not. Fuck. Anyways, mom says, get up, get clean because you stink. You know what? We'll go to a park. We'll keep talking about this you know just get up and clean your ass some and she's hoping that you know he'll change his mind and you know mom's like oh maybe he will and i was like no he won't he's not gonna change his mind because none of this is real anyway she uh says like i can't unlove him and i said no maybe you can't unlove him in the last week or whatever but give it time and actually you can unlove somebody not really unlove them but you, your love changes but anyway that is that for nikki and justin igor finally i hope i never see them on my screen again honestly i just i feel like this is not real i don't know why they were on my tv screen because they this was not 90 day og this was B90. This was the fucking B90. So why the fuck were you on my screen? But anyways, that is that. So let's move on to Clayton and Annalie. So we're still waiting. Right? We're still waiting and the door is finally open and here she comes, guys. Fuck. She's marrying this fucking guy. Anyway, 90 minutes earlier though, we still see her sitting on that bed, but you know what? She's feeling a lot better. After talking to her mom, I'm like, you are? Because I got the impression that you weren't feeling better. But okay. 
but she says she's feeling better, and you know what? She wants to go and marry this this guinea pig, and um, with the really soft fucking hands, and uh, she wants to make sure that he knows that this is real for her. That doesn't seem like a good enough fucking reason to marry somebody, but hey, what the fuck do I know? Anyway, she, you know, gets to the venue, and after getting ready, and she obviously had her muas coming in and helping her. I think muwa. I think she had one. Or did she have two? I think she had two. She had two. But anyway, so they all come in and help her. Um, but she's out of the venue now, and his dad uh, is actually going to be walking her down the aisle. She's like, I see his little face, and I want to say yes to that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, all the things that make me say, oh, my God, goosh, a little fucking face. Anyway. So <laughs> she gets emotional about saying her vows to him. Her vows um, are very cute, his mom says. And I'm like, not the, f- the way I would describe somebody's vows. I thought they are cute. But anyways, what do I know yet again? And then they exchange the rings and they are now husband and wife. God. So their reception is happening in a gymnasium, y'all. Y'all saw the lines on the floor, right? That was a fucking gymnasium. I I mean, do what you gotta do, but I wasn't expecting a fucking gym. <laughs> but anyways, they're having their reception in the gym. And um, Brandy says, I love her. And she knows I love her. And Annalie apparently says that I am her crazy sister. And she's like, <laughs> so... She's like, I'm happy, though, that a stripper didn't interfere with their marriage yet. Brandy, what are you cooking? (laughs) Anyway, now he is going to have a little surprise for her, and he's going to be doing this dance, this fucking dance. Now, I don't have an issue with the Peruvian traditional dance. I don't care about that. That's great. Perfect. But when he's the one that's doing it, I have a fucking problem. But anyway, she is surprised by the dance and she's like, oh my God, really? And he's doing the dance and she comes up and she's dancing with him and he puts the hat on her head and says, sir, her hair is to the T. Do not put that fucking hat on her head. But anyways, so yeah, that's basically that. And mom does say, um, after the fact that I think, you know, it's time for me to move out, have my own space, and they deserve to have their own space. And yeah, it's been a long time coming. And I said, yeah, literally, you were fighting with Clayton, what, a week ago about the fact that you felt that he was trying to kick you out. But now it's a great idea because it's your idea now. It's no longer Clayton's idea. Okay. That's, that's sounds about right. But anyways, that's that for the wedding they were good to go so let's go on to the next scene they have been doing good for the past few days of their marriage and you know he said sometimes it's weird calling her his wife because he's so used to calling her his fiance and that's understandable too like when i did the transition it was hard calling each other husband and wife too because it was like this is so weird. This is so, so weird. But you get used to it. So just give it time. But yeah, he, he does this is weird. And he sometimes has to catch himself. And it's like, okay, you got this. And um, yeah, he, she 
basically then decides to tell Clayton that, you know what, I have this really amazing gift for you, and that is, I'm going to tell my dad that you fucking exist. That's a great gift, is it not? Like, So that's what she's going to do. And she's like, I'm going to do little by little. So I'm going to tell him, you know, at first you're my boyfriend, and then I'm going to hit him with, oh, he's actually not my boyfriend. He's my husband. This is a bad idea. This is a really bad fucking idea. Let's just keep... Oh, this is such a bad idea. But anyways, nonetheless, she calls her father and they first kind of talk to us amongst themselves. He says he misses her. And then he asks, oh, how's work going? And I said, oh, she's not fucking working. Unless you include her cleaning after the guinea pigs, she's not working, dad, at all. But she says it's fine. But she's like, I gotta actually like tell you something that I, you know, didn't tell you. And and she calls him Clayton over and she's like, this is my boyfriend. And her dad's like, what? You're what? And she's, he's like, oh, well, why didn't you tell me about this? I, I didn't know about him. How's that going? And she's like, oh, it's, you know, it's going. And she says to him that the reason she probably didn't tell him, which is flat out lie, but the reason she says she didn't tell him was because she wanted to know Clayton's family now she knows his family. She's comfortable with his family. So, you know, now she's telling him. But then she's like, oh, but wait, <laughs> there's more. Uh, I've been hiding this really big thing from you and it's it's not going to go good. <laughs> but she's like really nervous and not telling him. And her dad's like, get on with it already. You're making me really fucking nervous. Like, are you dying? Like, what's going on here? And she's like, um, Clayton, give me your hand. You're soft fucking hand and put it on my hand and let's show my dad our rings and says we're married he's my husband and i'm like oh god this is such a bad idea but dad again is like what no what he's like no this can't be you can't be no and he gets emotional he's crying He's not saying a fucking word after that. And he gets up and he walks away off the camera. So we don't see him again. And then her sister comes on and says, well, you really fucked dad's world up just now. And um, he's really upset with what you just told him. So I'm going to fucking hang up on you now because now I'm going to have to clean up the mess that you just created. Okay, cool. Bye. She wasn't that harsh. She was pretty harsh, though. It was pretty harsh because Annalise's like, oh, okay. And Annalise is crying. She's just crying. And this is what she was worried about. But the thing is, it's like, your dad seems lovely for what we've seen. We've saw him very briefly, but he seems lovely enough. Why couldn't you just tell him you were dating this guy from before you were even engaged? Why couldn't you just tell him that? It's just, I feel like you really hit him with a lot. I mean, we've seen this with like tight, uh, Thais and um and Patrick, but at least Thais's dad knew Patrick existed. She didn't even tell her dad Clayton existed. It's just I don't quite understand why she would go that route. But anyways, um, she's obviously really upset. Clayton was kind of hoping it wouldn't go that way, but it did. And he's like, so now, now what? <laughs> and Annalie says well maybe he just needs a little time to let this sink in maybe he'll be fine after a while we don't know um but basically yeah that that's basically it for Clayton and 
Anna Lee, um, I wish I wish her dad all the best, and I really do mean that. I'm I mean that because that's that's heartbreaking, especially when like you you had no clue that was going to be happening, and that's what happened. Like that's that's devastating. I feel for I feel for um for her dad, but anyways, that is that. We're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we will head in with the remaining, I guess, two couples. I think we only have two more couples left, so we will come go into the remaining couples. Have you ever wanted to guest on a podcast like this one that you're listening to right now? Well, you can. You can definitely do this by visiting a website called Podmatch, where you can sign up and be available for all different types of podcasts that you can guest on. Or you can even search for a podcast and say, I want to I want to guest on your podcast. I think we'd be a good match. So if you want to do this, you can go to our unique link, which is joinpodmatch.com forward slash reality and you can sign up and do exactly that and you can find us and you can guest on our podcast so again that unique link is www.joinpodmatch.com that's j-o-i-n-p-o-d-m-a-t-c-h dot com forward slash reality r-e-a-l-i-t-e-a and you can be a guest on our podcast and i'm back so let's get into sam and chitra so we see chitra in bed with her sisters yeah and with sam sleeping on one of the bunk the bottom bunk of a bunk bed and you know what they didn't sleep alone on their wedding night because she was too darn worried about them ghosts she said it was either going to be a ghost or a serial killer potentially staring at her through the window of this isolated farmhouse, so she just didn't feel safe with her now husband. Let that one sink in. So, anyway. He gets up. We see him looking over, and there's Herman just sleeping on that top bunk, you know, minding his own business. He also thinks that you know, it would have been a little weird if he was banging Tishra in the next room where, and then, you know, her, her father's just there and could potentially hear things. So, he, you know, he's like, it, it could have been weird. It, it could definitely have been weird. But anyways. So, they're in the kitchen. Herman comes and he says to them, kind of like making fun of him a little bit, like, you guys didn't sleep together it's your honeymoon why didn't you guys sleep together well because your daughter is really scared about ghosts and serial killers i mean same but you know (laughs) um but anyway they're going to be leaving soon so you know 
Sam's kind of seeing the the silver lining of things. I may not have been able to fuck her last night, but they're going to be leaving soon and then I can fuck her. So it's fine. It's fine. Herman says that his only wish with him leaving soon is that he will be responsible for her, take care of her, but take care of the future children that come. You know, be a man, he says. Just be a man. Yeah. And embrace the religion as well. And with embracing religion, no alcohol, no drugs, none of that. Okay? And he's like, yeah, no, 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 no drugs. It's all good. Mm -hmm." And he also says what I think is actually pretty good advice is don't run from your problems. Face them. And I don't necessarily think I don't know if Sam necessarily would have been avoiding his problems, that being the uh, the more recent arrest, but I think he probably just, he's a man and he doesn't think about things and he just goes on through life without really thinking about, well, the bigger picture of everything. And that's why he forgot about the diversion. Anyways, two days later... And they're back at their regular house with Alien Dad, and, uh, you know, he's trying to get some. Trying to get some of that shit, you know? And I guess he was wearing ass chaps, which I'm not sure if he actually was. I wasn't trying to look close enough to figure that one out. But anyways, they did have sex. She explains that it happened, um, it, it was, uh, it was, it happened quickly, um, that's a nice way of her putting it. And he's like, yeah, well, it was, there was a lot, you know, built up and, uh, just kind of, you know, poof, really quickly. Well, yeah, if you haven't had sex and God knows how long, that is what happens. You tend to come fast. But he also said that he was trying to picture fat men and to last longer. That shit doesn't work. That doesn't work. Anyway. They apparently also had sex in the laundry room because she says that his the dogs tend to sleep in his room on his bed and they were like licking at them while they're trying to get down and dirty. Well, that's when you have to literally say to the dogs, you can't come in right now. Like, I know these are some of the den as a person who doesn't have dogs, but it's just, you can't come in right now. So because they wouldn't, you know, leave them alone, they ended up doing it in the laundry room. He says, you know, it was fine. It it was okay. You know, I got sex in the laundry room. It's it's not ideal, but you can definitely get the job done. But anyway, so he says, you know, I'm nice and I'm slow and you're kind of a freak. You're acting like a pro, like you've done this before. I think she's done this before. I think they have done this before. I don't think this was the first time. Me personally. That's a hot take, but I'm just saying. I feel like it's just, this has happened before. Um, but she says, you know, maybe I can be his corn star. Not to be confused with the porn star because she says that she is corny. Do I make you corny, baby? Uh, do I? <laughs> I think that's one of the memes that will be posted. It's actually like kind of like that. Awesome powers meme. Anyway, but now we got the court issues still kind of looming over everybody's heads. 
But no matter what, she says, like, she is going to stick by him even if he does get, like, multiple years in prison or something. Ideally, that would be not the choice. But either way, she isn't going to go anywhere, she says. And we do get on-screen text that says, two days later, Sam resubmitted his drug diversion paperwork to court. He should hear um, the judge's decision regarding jail time in six weeks. So I'm assuming by the time we have, well, by the time the tell-all was recorded, we probably had an answer. So I guess we'll wait for the tell-all to find out how that turned out. But that's basically it for Sam and Chitra. Let's go to, I believe, our final couple, Rob and Sophie. So they are now in Santa Barbara. And I wrote, where's Claire? Because I thought the whole idea of her sleeping at their place was because she was going to be going with them to Santa Barbara. Am I crazy? Apparently. Anyways, he kind of says, you know, with all the different things they've been dealing with in the relationship, you know, her coming out to him as bi, you know, what does that mean for them? Um, And her also getting over my cheating. Jesus Christ. Of course, it's the perfect time to go get fucking married. Jesus fucking Christ. Anyway, we see him opening up a bottle of champagne and it just spills all over him. And he's like, well, that's what I get. And I said, uh-huh. Yeah, that is what you get. Um, But you know what? He's actually handling this whole situation pretty well. He seems to be in a good mood. Who knew? He's not always a knob. (laughs) Anyways, the next morning, it's the wedding day. And guess what, guys? This sucks. Poor Sophie feels terrible. She said she can't speak without it hurting because she woke up with a sore throat. Um, But what can you do about it? She's going to go and get ready. They're going to go and do their own thing and get ready. I actually thought through this just because I know like my first symptom with COVID was a sore throat. Um, the first time anyways, not the second time, but the, the second time I I actually just thought I had a regular old cold. Turns out I had COVID, but the first time was horrific and I had a sore throat. So I'm thinking, does she have COVID? Like. I mean, I know he doesn't, but that doesn't mean anything. Could have come from her and he could get some. I guess we'll find out. Like, did she have COVID? <laughs> um, but that would suck. Anyways. Um, but anyway, she said she's having a sore throat. Because I'm just curious, like, how would that have happened? I don't think they partied the night before. They kind of did their own thing. It's not like she, they went partying and she kind of lost her voice or something. She just woke up not feeling well, just randomly. So that's why I was wondering, like, is it? But who knows? We'll find out eventually if that was a super spreader. So, yeah. Like I said, they're going to go get ready separately, you know, keep it somewhere traditional. Her friend, is it Soraya? Soraya? I know we met her before, but it's been a minute and I didn't remember how to say her name. I'm not even sure if I actually caught her name properly. But anyways, she's here. Um, And... You know, is my body kind of telling me that I shouldn't marry him? Is that why I feel like shit this morning? Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Because every other sign you've ignored this far. So God's like, all right, so I'm going to have to do things a little differently. And I'm going to have to give you, I don't know, COVID. So here we go. Anyway, 
Ty and Tarai show up to get ready with Rob. And Tarai says, you know, he's grown a lot as a man. He has? Because I I didn't see that. Anyway. And, but he still does have a lot of growing to do. Yeah, you don't say. He's, like, Tarai, I feel like Tarai's problematic as well. But I feel like he has a little bit more maturity than Rob does. And apparently he's only two years younger than Rob. So he would be still in his 20s, I'm assuming. Because I think Rob is 30. No, he would be 30, I guess. 29, 30. But yeah, he has more maturity than Rob does. Anyways. So they got about 30 minutes now to get ready. With Sophie, we got the Mua coming. Her name, this is egregious. The Mua's name, makeup artist, in case no one has ever watched Ben and Mahogany. But we have a Mua, and we, her name is, bear with me guys, Chelsea. Her name is fucking Chelsea, spelled S-H-E-L-S-E-A. Shell with one L, C, like the one you swim in. So her parents hate her then, right? Is that what we're trying to get at? Her parents hate her. Because what? Shells. Her parents must be Jamaican. My God. her She must be Jamaican. That's exactly it. That's that's exactly it. We I come from a place where if someone will name their child Anthony because they can't say Anthony and they will literally spell it the way they say it. Use your imagination. They drop the H. So I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Chelsea? Because you can't say Chelsea. I'm telling you. Someone do the digging. I want to know. Her family must be Jamaican. This is so good. Anyways. Anyway, we got Chelsea. <laughs> and while they're getting her makeup done, um, you know, she's pouring her own champagne. And I'm thinking, can anyone, like, pour her sh- her champagne? Like, Claire, what are you doing? Soraya, whatever the hell your name is. Like, what are you doing? Oh, you want to know what they're doing? They're talking shit. Well, better yet, Claire is talking shit. And... She's basically saying, like, you know, do you think, like, you know, do you think they're ready to get married? And she's like, well, why? What's going on? Like, do you not think they're ready to get married? And she's like, well, no, I have issues about Rob, because of course she does. She always does. And Soraya's like, well, don't you, I thought you liked Rob. That's fucking hilarious. No, the answer is no, she doesn't like Rob. But she's like, yeah, no, I just think, like, you know, he he needs, like, a kick in the ass or something like that. And what I learned here is that Soraya's like, well, that's kind of for Sophie to do. That's up to Sophie. She's the one that needs to whip him into shape if that's what she needs to do. So stay the fuck out of it. Let them figure it out. But then Claire just kind of misses that and she's like, yeah, maybe with some guidance, ma'am. Ma'am, I understand. I don't like Rob either. I can't stand the man. I think Sophie could do a lot fucking better than being with this fucking guy. But at the end of the day, this is the fucking guy she's chosen. So stay out of it. If she wants to be with him and deal with his bullshit, then let her. And when she's done and ready and says, oh, what the fuck was I thinking? She'll deal with that too. Like her mom is too much. They need to know the next season of Smothered because this is too much. She's too involved. Ugh. Anyway. So, nonetheless, 
Rob gives to Rye the rings to keep safe. And he says, that if you don't keep it safe, we ain't friends no more. That's fair. That I'm with him there. If you go and lose my rings or you drop the rings, we're done. We're not friends no more. We're not a true friend. What are you? Anyways. So now Sophie has the dress on. And you know what? She actually looked very cute. It wasn't the same dress that we saw her in originally. But obviously, I think a short dress works better with a beach wedding. I, pers- I personally think it does work better with that. It's either like with Ashley's dress, for example, because they had a beach wedding, obviously, this season. They, um, her dress had like a train on it. It doesn't make sense when you are getting married on a fucking beach where there's fucking sand. You should have a more simple dress on because you are on a beach. I mean, obviously, Ashley did not prepare for rain, but nonetheless, that's besides the point. You you should still be just wearing something very simple or something that's not going to touch the fucking ground. Like if you're going to wear a dress that maybe doesn't have as much of a train, that's fine. But I think personally wearing a shorter dress, and I think this style dress suits her. Like, I wouldn't necessarily do a longer dress than that, but it's because I don't think it would have suited her. I think she's very short. So so am I. And it really worked for her. I thought she looked adorable. Now, it's not a choice that I would make just because I don't want a short dress. I want to have a longer dress. It just feels better for me. Personally, I mean, doing a beach wedding is also not something I would do, but that's just me. And, but I thought it suited her. The makeup was perfect. Her hair, I mean, I don't like her hair generally speaking, but I thought it looked fine. The the fairy crown or whatever you want to call it, it was very cute. The whole thing, she looked absolutely adorable. So I thought she, which you don't necessarily look adorable on your wedding day, but she looked she looked amazing for the type of wedding she was doing, which was a beach wedding. So, yeah. So now we're at the beach. He's already there. And if we don't remember, his sister was going to be planning the whole thing for them because she is an event planner. And it's actually kind of cute. I'm actually, I'm kind of sold on the color scheme a little bit. I still think it's a baby shower or gender reveals color scheme, but I actually didn't hate it. Got the pink cupcakes and they got the blue whatever and the cake had pink and blue on it. Her flowers and her and her crown too had pink and blue in it. Like it was it was I didn't I didn't hate it. And I think if you're doing it for a beach wedding, like I personally don't see it for a beach wedding. I would see it more for like um very like mystical themed wedding. You know, I kinda that's, that's what I kinda think, but it was still really cute. It was cute and she did a good job. Um, the only thing I have an issue with with this wedding is, so we're just going to kneel in our good clothes on the sand. We're going to sit on pillows that don't do fucking shit on the sand in our nice fucking clothes. No. Why is the reception and the ceremony all on the beach? Why couldn't they do the reception somewhere else? Well, A, Rob is cheap. But she could have rented out like an event space or something in the hotel that you could have done that on. Yes, it might have been expensive, but 
I think it would have been more practical than doing it on the beach. If you're eating, you're going to have sand blowing on your food and in your mouth and shit. You're sitting on sand with your clothes that are nice and shit. That's what you're doing. I don't understand. And then you have to take your shoes off because it's better than leaving your shoes on because sand. And and then, then you're going to have to put your shoes back on and then still have potentially sand in your shoes because... Let's be real here. If you've ever been on a beach or in a park back in the day that had sand in it, sand never goes away. So I'm just, I didn't like that aspect of it at all. I just, who's, whose idea Rob's because he's broke. Anyway, that's the only, that's the only bone of contention that I had. So we see Sophie's here, but they walk off. They walk off and you're thinking, They've been showing this scene from the very beginning of the show, of the season. And you're thinking, oh, is she going to dip? Is she going to leave? And you're thinking, oh, maybe this is a one season where we have at least one person not get married at the end of this. No, no such luck. They definitely, obviously, I think we kind of figured out as time went on that they definitely did get married. But it was just like, seriously? Y'all, she wasn't running away. She wasn't, you know saying deuces she wasn't doing any of those things and we also got the give the, the kind of got taken given away to us too as time went on because we see claire kind of put her hands up in the air like i don't know what's going on when that's like the one thing she would have wanted her to do is not marry rob so basically what happened is sophie just couldn't find how to get to the actual wedding <laughs> because she said it's actually not that easy the path is um not as easy to figure out as you would think so that's basically all that happened she just got lost getting to her own fucking wedding that is it so they do figure it out and she gets to the wedding she gets to rob and here we go we're doing it so one of the things that the officiant said that maybe this is me nitpicking because i don't like rob but she says, like, it is, you know, finding her, being with her kind of made him realize that, like, he can be loved and he should love himself. It helped him love himself. Y'all, he started crying. He started crying. That was the only time he started crying was when the officiant pointed out, you weren't loving yourself before you met Sophie and Sophie guided you to love yourself and now you're crying. And it's just like, I, so, okay, so you didn't cry when you saw her come up looking all pretty and everything like that, and you're about to become a husband. You didn't cry then, but you cry when you're like, oh, I didn't love myself before, but I really do love myself now. And this is, if this is you loving yourself now, my God, what happened? Who hurt you? But like, that's what I mean. It's just like, he's so in his own world, in his own mind that he doesn't see outside everything else. Now he'll say later on that he was getting emotional because She's about to marry me. She's about to be my wife. I don't buy it. But anyways. So I do love how the editing in this too, when they were exchanging their vows, if this is on the editors of the show, I thought the editing was so great because you had to have her doing like two parts of like two like lines of the vows and then you have him doing the other two. And when you know, obviously they did the whole thing themselves, but I kind of loved how they did the editing of it. It was actually, that that was cool. I liked that. Um. But now they are married. She says, you were crying. And he's like, shush. He's like, don't tell nobody. 
<laughs> and when they were kind of talking about on their own and she's bringing it up again that he was crying and he's like, mm, listen, I was sweating from your eyeballs. You were sweating from your eyeballs. Didn't know you could sweat from your eyeballs. Pretty sure that's just crying. But anyway, and we do see his mom very briefly. So I know from before we had mentioned, um, uh, what's her face? Sattler had kind of put shit on blast with Rob and um, showed pictures of his mom. Um, and I chose not to show the picture of his mom. It's because we hadn't seen her on the show yet. We didn't know she was going to be on the show yet. We didn't even know she wanted to be a part of the show. But here you go, guys. That's what his mom looks like. <laughs> if you didn't see Sattler's original posts or whatever, you now you see what she looks like. So... She doesn't say much, though. She doesn't say anything. She kind of agrees with something Victoria said, his sister. So Claire says, you know, you can't take her too late. They're married. And, you know, they're already crying. Everybody's crying. But she says, listen, the marriage isn't official yet until you've consummated the marriage. And so it's like, my God, mom, why are you worrying about that? That's a very good question. Claire, why are you worrying about whether or not they consummate their marriage? Like, that's so weird to me. How about we just stay away from whether or not they will ever consummate the marriage? But something tells me they're fine. They will consummate the marriage. Might be not not might be tonight. Okay. Might not happen tonight because of course, A, she's gonna be tired. She doesn't feel well. So it might not happen tonight, but it probably will happen. This is so weird. Anyways. Um so Claire does catch the bouquet. She didn't need to topple over any moms in order to get to the bouquet. So she's like, I'm going to get married. Anyway, um, then, uh, yeah, that is basically it with Rob and Sophie. So I did say we were supposed to be getting another couple. Now, just by accident, we ended up having one couple that is going on to AGA in the beginning of the episode. And now we have the other couple going at the end of the episode. So that means Rob and Sophie are coming back to HEA. Now, I don't know how I feel because I don't like Rob. I don't really particularly like Sophie, but if they could give us a storyline where she may or may not be tackling that bisexuality that she has not yet explored, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Bring it. Bring it on. More for his uncomfortability. That's all I care about. I know I want her to have her fun too. I think she needs to explore that. But if it means that he's absolutely, in the words of Chelsea from Love is Blind, uncomfy, bring it. I'm here for it. Anyway, like I said, that is it for them. That is it for the episode. And y'all, that is it for the main part of the season. But not to worry, we do have a two-part tell-all. I'm really excited for it. So let's get into what we could expect from that tell-all. So next time on, we see Nikki coming in to the tell-all looking just amazing. As Jasmine says, looking like a Barbie. It's great. Ashley is saging the green room as well as Gino. Yeah. And Justin Igor is clearly just playing games with Nikki and Nikki's letting him. Like, honestly, I don't even know if this is, you know, genuine or not. I don't really care, but they are still together, not together. We don't really know. He says the door is always open. The door should not be open, at least on one side. The door should be firmly, 
fucking shut. And then the windows also that need to be boarded the fuck up. That's what I'm just trying to say. Anyway. Claire and Rob are still not getting along. Neither one ex- uh, respects the other at this point. And Sophie's kind of just saying, okay, can we stop? But not only that, I think I have not seen her her look. I haven't seen what she's looked like. All I've been going off of is what I've been seeing, obviously, on the show. I do know that she changed her look. I do know that. And I think she looks fucking incredible. Never fucking put that shit back on her on her head again. She looks amazing. She looks like herself. She looks authentically herself. And I love that. Anyway, Ashley's mom is sending money to Manuel's family. The fuck you say? Why is she sending money to his family? And the thing too is that Ashley's like, mom, like either A, did she not know or B, did she know and just didn't want the world to know? I'm going to say option B. That's what I'm thinking. Clayton thinks that the stripper was a way for Brittany to um, create a rift in their relationship. And we do see Brandy kind of doing the pot stirring. And yes, the answer is yes, Clayton. She probably was trying to fuck up your relationship. But anyways, Sam um, might potentially have cheated on on, uh, Chitra. The question is, is when did that happen? Did it happen before she came? Not that it makes it any better either way you put it. But did that happen before she came? Has that happened since she's been here? What's going on? We will find out. Gino has no regrets about going to the strip club because it's like, I didn't go to the VIP room or anything like that. But as Jasmine says, he did hug a half-naked woman. Now, why are we hugging the strippers? Why are we doing that? But in true Jasmine fashion, she goes off and screaming and all of that. And we end the scene with her doing her Jasmine scream. And guys, this is what we will have to endure going forward in HEA. So, um, so there's that. And the thing I gotta say about Jasmine is you really want to go off on Gino about whether or not he, you know, has some weird thing with a stripper when you had your ex-boyfriend buy you a new butt, at least one butt cheek anyways. Like, really? And not only that, you also threatened, not threatened, you you said to Gino that you fucked your ex and meaning Dane and Dan and, uh, and uh, he fucks better than you. But, you know, Let's forget all that when he's uh, dancing up on a, or having a stripper dance up on him. It's a fucking job, okay? They don't want fucking Gino. Like, it's surprising that you even want Gino. (laughs) Anyway, that was me. That was me. Okay. But the only other thing that I need to say about all of this is this set of this tell-all looks horrific. Who designed the set? Horrible. Anyways. That's it for 90 Day OG until next week. So if you like what you heard, please rate, review the podcast on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Also, don't forget that uh, you can also share us with everyone in your life if you really love us. And 
I do want to read those reviews. I'm definitely getting five-star ratings, but I want to read those reviews. So send me those reviews and I will read those four and five-star reviews on the podcast. Also, we're on every one of your favorite podcast apps, every one of them, including you can find us on YouTube at Reality Tea Times 2. If you want to connect with us, you can do so by going to either Facebook or Instagram at Reality Tea Times 2. You can also find us on Twitter, TikTok, Reddit, and Reality Tea Times 2 Pod. We also have our email, which is at Reality Tea Times 2 at Hotmail.com. Definitely want to hear from you guys. And we also have our new website where you can listen to all of these episodes. You can review the podcasts on there as well. You can connect with me in any way, all the stuff. It's all there. And you can find me there at www.realityteatimes2, all spelled out, um, dot podpage.io. It's there. And don't forget, I also have my other podcast with my friend Mikkel, Next Week Podcast, where we talk about all kinds of different topics. We are finishing up with our Black History Month series right now, so it's, it's been great over there. Um, but you can find us on any of your favorite podcast apps over there as well. Or you can also go to YouTube um, and you go to Next Take Podcast, as well as our website, which is solo.to forward slash Next Take Podcast. Um, so yeah, there's with that. And that's basically that. And again, don't forget, if all of this information is overwhelming, we do have all of the links everything in our show notes but that is it for now guys thanks bye